0: about Nathan's age and I was waiting for a scale I don't know if you know what the scale are over here scale in England was this um, beautiful set of cars you could get two cars and you put them on a track and the track kind of goes around. you have those electric things you push the buttons on and I was knew that my dad was getting me a scale and I was waiting with anticipation that morning for my scaletrics like all I could and at that age waiting is so long like as soon as you hear December as far as you're concerned that's that's Christmas Day and you're trying to figure out why 25 days takes as long as it does like how is 25 days take I know what I'm supposed to be getting why is 25 de- and I have to go to sleep and I have to wake up 25 more times before I get hold of that scale electrics I'm seeing it right there like the scale electrics is underneath the tree and you're telling me I still have to wait but that's what anticipation does it builds you up it makes you wait and there's two kinds of wait people who wait You have active waiters and passive waiters. The way I kind of think about that is some people can take waiting in their stride. Like I had a friend who would buy himself gifts, put them down for weeks and never look at them. I'm the exact opposite. I'm an active waiter. You tell me there's a gift for me. I want to open it right now. Don't even, don't even wrap it. It's for me, let me get a hold of that thing right now Let me get the gift Don't even, you've got to keep the gift receipt I don't need it, I want the gift, I don't want to break it I'm the kind of person who gets a gift and it's full in the box And that box is ruined Like don't bring it back to the store in that box The box is going to be ruined because of my anticipation Right, if you're thinking you're going to get that back in the store They're never going to take it back because of what I'm doing to the box But that's what anticipation does. It makes you want the thing more and more. Why am I saying this? This is what Advent is supposed to be, this period of waiting for the birth of Christ. But it's not just about that he has come, it's that he's coming again right we we talk about often that Jesus has come but know that he's coming again and this is why this anticipation around the Christmas time isn't just about what happened but it's also about what will happen but I think sometimes to understand what will happen we have to look at what has happened so that we understand it a little bit more and the anticipation for who Jesus is didn't start just a few weeks before he came wasn't even just a few months before he came wasn't even just a few years or centuries but was thousands of years in the making can you imagine the anticipation of this gift that we are waiting for for so long like this gift is something we've been needing something we've been wanting We've been enduring everything up until the moment that this gift is revealed. Let me give you a sense of how long this gift has been waiting for. The scripture tells us in Genesis chapter three, right at the very beginning of creation, Genesis chapter three and verse 15, that there is this idea that that the Lord speaks to the serpent after Adam and Eve were given one rule in the garden. Don't eat of that tree, right? One rule, and they messed that one rule up. And by entering and messing up that one rule, they mess up their relationship with God. And when they mess up their relationship with God, they mess up everybody's relationship with God after that. So the question is, how are we going to fix the relationship that got broken so long ago? How do we resolve it? And right there in Genesis chapter three, verse 15, when he tells them, he says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, talking to the serpent, and between thy seed and her seed. So something's gonna come from this woman that's going to hurt the serpent and hurt everything that came out of what he did. And he said to the serpent, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Right there, the Lord was making a promise that I'm going to fix what has been broken. I'm going to give you a gift through the seed of the woman that will help everything. So just to get a sense then of how long we've been waiting for Jesus to come, it's right from the very beginning. This seed he's speaking of is none other than the seed that comes from David. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And if you go through really quickly, if I can just quickly go through the history if I can. It starts with Abel through Seth, from Seth we have Noah, from Noah Shem, from Shem, let me get this right, Shem we have Abraham, and then the scripture picks up with Isaac, Jacob, I'm really testing my ear, Jacob, from Jacob to Judah, and from Judah to Emmanuel Christ. That's how long it took for us to arrange this. Many more people in the middle there, but those are the main people in this entire sequence of getting to Jesus. And we've been promised this. And just like that gift I was expecting, the whole world has been waiting for Jesus to come. Just like the gift you were looking forward to when you were young, it's finally here. It's finally, he is finally here. But when we look at the details of each of those people I mentioned, when we look at the details of Abraham, for example, let's look at the promise that we have. In fact, if you can help me with the scripture. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3. Let's look at Abraham. How the pickup of the promise came to Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 12 and 3, we are told that the Lord intends to bless the earth through the seed of Abraham. Let's just read that for me, sir. Genesis 12 and 3, and I will bless them that bless thee. Look, I'm so I need to get this gift just right I need to get this gift gifts just so right that I'm going to bless everybody who just happens to bless you. Let's keep going and curse him that curse thee. And I'm going to make it so that anybody who comes against you because I need my that, that promise to be secured, I'm going to curse anybody that curses you and keep going and in thee shall all be so now he's saying I'm gonna bless everybody because I'm going to bless you to bless the whole world this is part of the promise this is like this is like um, your parents putting a down payment on the gift that's a little bit too expensive but we're gonna get it for you anyway <laughs> like it, it's gonna take us six months to get this run for you like we can't just go out and put this one and get this out after out, out the, the budget we're gonna to have to put something down on this. And the Lord is saying to Abraham, I am so invested in your redemption that I'm gonna start all the way from here and bless anybody who blesses you. Yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's like the blessings of the Lord Jesus yes. are stretching back in time. They're so powerful yes. that they're stretching back in time and blessing people who are gonna come before him. Genesis chapter 26 it didn't just affect Abraham it affected his children too because it needed to come from somewhere so Genesis chapter 26 verse 4 and it reads thus and I will make thy seed to multiply I'm going to make everything that comes from Abraham to Isaac I'm going to make it multiply as the stars of heaven I'm going to make it like the stars of the heaven which are basically uncountable and will give unto thy seed all these countries. Yep. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Somehow, from whatever Abraham is and from whatever his son is, that every single nation is going to be blessed. This is an incredible gift. Amen. He's saying that through you, I'm going to bless absolutely everybody else. Amen. Amen. Absolutely everybody is going to be blessed by you. But the thing about it is, with Abraham and with Isaac, You start to realize that the the, how quickly this could have gone awry. Let me tell you why. Abraham, by the time he realizes the promise, is an old man, and his wife is right as old as he is. And somehow, the Lord says to this guy, In you, I'm gonna create a great nation. (laughs) Like, it seems to be like if I was doing it, (laughs) I would pick the easy way out who can have lots of kids from whom can have lots of kids. But but the Lord speaks to Abraham, an old man who can't have children, and says to him, I'm going to bless you with children. And then we go to Isaac, and he has the exact same problem. His wife can't have children. And all of a sudden, we see that even though it looks like it's supposed to be impossible, the Lord is saying, I can make the possible from the impossible to make sure that the promise I have for the earth is fulfilled. There is no obstacle big enough, no problem big enough, no valley deep enough, no mountain high enough that I can't get my promise to you. And today when I'm reminded of the advent, the birth of Jesus, I'm reminded of the mission he had to give us his dear son. Regardless of the obstacle, regardless of how difficult it is, regardless of the fact that it seems like there's no way that this can possibly happen he made a way anyway. it didn't just stop the difficulties didn't just stop there this promise is real but there's difficulties in front of the promise the scripture tells us that when isaac was 40 years old rebecca his wife couldn't have children that's the son of abraham right and then jacob is the son of isaac let's look what it says about him in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 14 and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth right and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed so I'm gonna bless you I'm gonna make you Go out throughout all of the earth. I'm going to make your lineage large. But more importantly than that, I'm going to bless everybody else by blessing you. Like the whole point really isn't even to make Jacob and Isaac and Abraham great. The whole point is to correct the relationship we have with God. And he's going to pick somebody to do it. And your road is going to be Jacob's road. Was incredibly difficult. He tries to marry Rachel, gets tricked into marrying the sister Leah. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole mess. It's a drama that you would you wouldn't even believe if you saw it on a TV show. You wouldn't believe the drama of it. But he's so determined to get that righteousness in the line of men, and so determined to save us that he makes the situation good which leads us all the way back to the Gospels. The prophets speak about this, Isaiah speaks about this, Jeremiah speaks about this, the prophets speak about it multiple times, but I would like to land right in Luke if I could. Luke chapter one and verse five. And now I'm gonna start to read if I can here just for a few moments. Luke chapter one and verse five. Won't be too long in front of you, but I, I need to get this message out here. He has, come and the wait is over. Luke chapter one, verse five. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zecharias, of the cause of Abia and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in years. Doesn't this sound familiar? Like, doesn't this sound familiar again? That the difficulties of the past seem to be repeating themselves. But let's keep going. I'm so excited about this scripture. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. Verse 8, And it came to pass that while executed the office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest of his office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple and the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. So if you can imagine, um, Zacharias' entire job was basically to come into the temple to light the incense and then the people after that were supposed to come in and pray. And the idea being that the incense would raise up and bring your prayers up to God. So the scripture tells us that he's in the temple, he's in the temple, lighting his candles, he's going to do his bit and the people are waiting for him to finish. And while while he's in the temple, and the scripture tells us, there appeared unto him in verse 11, an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. So if you imagine you're looking this way, the angel appears on the right side of you looking this way. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard thy prayer is heard look there's bigger things at stake here this is about elizabeth is about to give birth to john the baptist but the lord is making him know even though this is you've been you've been waiting the people have been waiting but i'm going to fulfill both of your waiting in this moment and i heard your prayer like i heard your prayer like he's going to save the entire world he's about to save the whole world by bidding in the christ but he says to zacharias i hear your prayer like the whole thing to me of luke seems to be about the christ who is cousin to to elizabeth it's not even really about elizabeth it's a cousin but he takes the time to make you realize that as big as the problem is with the world and the relationship I have with the world, and as big and as important as it is to fix it, I'm hearing your prayer. Now, I, I know, you know, we're doing okay. Probably most of us are probably okay in our lives. We, we don't have too many things we have to worry about. And you might say to yourself, well, there are bigger problems in the world. There are bigger issues to deal with. But I need you to understand, he's that bigger God. That he can hear the cry of the world And hear your prayer too Like he's not too big That what your problem is Isn't sufficient for him And I need you to understand that He hears your prayer Look yes There are bigger things to solve Like the thing that I want May not really be something that's a problem (laughs) But he still hears my prayer don't, don't think because it's just about homework that the Lord it's too big for the Lord I don't want you to take that impression because in the grand scheme of things Zacharias he was just one guy he was just one guy but the Lord heard his prayer let me keep going here Let me kick this in and out of your way and he says, but the angel said unto him, fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard and thy wife, Elizabeth, shall bear thee a son. And thou shalt call his name John. I love looking at the de- definitions of these words because it's important. And the, the, the name John translates as God is gracious. <laughs> like, what he's basically saying here, the, 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 the angel is telling them, I need you to call your son God is gracious like that's what your the name of your son is in the definition of what his life will be that God's grace look what he promised to the serpent and to Eve right at the very beginning what he promised to Abraham thousands of years ago what he promised to Isaac what he promised to Jacob is coming about God is in fact gracious. Look, I know you've waited a long time to get the thing that you've been looking for solved, but God is gracious. He is gracious. He is loving. He is kind. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Look at what he's doing. It's a two for one. He's saying there's going to be many people when John the Baptist comes on the scene who, who get to have joy. But I need you to understand that it's your joy that I'm also interested in. Look what he says in verse 14 again. And thou shalt have joy and gladness. I'm answering your prayer. Yes, I'm, I'm about to set up to save the world. But in amongst that, he's looking at this individual couple and saying, I'm going to give you some joy. Like, I feel like this isn't even the most important thing about this scripture, but it feels like he cares about you. Like, you're going to get the impression here that he just wanted to save the whole world, but the whole world is made up of individuals, and those individuals are the ones he loves. It's not the symbol of the world he loves. It's you, the individual that exists in the world. He loves you that's why this gift isn't so important but he cared about your prayer in the middle of it so let me keep reading here for he shall be great talking about john the baptist who will come he shall be great in the sight of the lord and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink and he shall be filled with the holy ghost even from his mother's womb this is going to be a mighty prophet there's going to be no ramp up. He's going to have the Holy Spirit working with him right as soon as he's born, even from in his mother's womb. Yes. Amazing moment. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned, shall he turn to the Lord their God? And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, which translates as Elijah, to turn the hearts of the cho- fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom. Of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord and Zechariah said unto the angel <coughs> this is us and Zechariah said unto the angel whereby, whereby shall I know this for I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years it's amazing to me how when we sit with the problem for so long that is all we can see like the problem has been with us so long that we no longer have any room for solution we have no longer have any room for answer. All we can see is the problem we're sitting with. And Zechariah is basically saying to the angel, you're gonna have to show me this because I can't see how this is even possible. It's too late. (laughs) But he's just told him, God is gracious. (laughs) He's just told him, I've heard your prayers and that should have been enough for you. But he couldn't see it because he's left with the problem for so long. It is amazing to me sometimes that the people that you think should be the most faithful ones, he's a priest, he works in the temple, he's qualified to lead the people in prayer, he's he's the one responsible for making sure their prayers go up, and you would think he would get it, but he doesn't. He doesn't get it, and you're going to see later in the story who really gets it right out the gate. Let's, Let's keep reading. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? Verse 19, The angel said unto him, I am Gabriel. <laughs> I am Gabriel. And look at what he says to qualify himself: that stand in the presence of God. And that's his qualification. I've been in the presence of God, and if he said it, yes. Yes, sir. that's just what it is. Like you know, some people have no reliability. You just, if you say, if they say I'm going to meet you there at 12 o'clock,) uh, I'll give you to 1230, right? Like some people are that, but there's other people you know that if they said they're gonna be there, they're just gonna be there, right? They're just reliable. And Gabriel is basically telling, <laughs> telling Zechariah, who's supposed to know better, God is faithful. And just like I've told you about John, God is gracious. Thank you, Lord Jesus god is gracious i've been standing in his presence and god is gracious thank you lord verse 20 and behold thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed i'm going to strike you dumb because you never believed me and verse 21 and the people waited for zacharias and marveled that he took so long so the people were waiting in prayer waiting to pray and zacharias is in the temple right now talking to the angel so it takes too long and they are waiting for him. And they realize, and we're just gonna paraphrase a little bit, they realize that he he has seen something. Something has happened, he's unable to communicate what is going on. But have a look at what happens in verse 24. The scripture tells us, 23, excuse me, it came to pass that as soon as the days of ministration were accomplished, he departed into his house. Verse 24, and after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and hid herself five months, saying, thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away reproach among men." You know what, Elizabeth's concern isn't about the redemption of the whole world. She's not thinking about that. She's thinking about the Lord has blessed me. And that's exactly what the promise was, that I'll give you a blessing I'll make you glad, but I'll take care of the world a little bit later. I love that the Lord is on this intimate level with Elizabeth and she's just saying, look, I just recognizing that I'm blessed right now. I'm just recognizing that I'm blessed right now. I don't even know where this is leading. You didn't tell me nothing, fine, but I'm blessed right now. And sometimes we've just got to take our blessings at faith value. Yes, they may lead to somewhere in fact fantastic tomorrow, but today I'm just grateful for what I've got. Like I've waited for so long, the scripture tells us they're well stricken in age, they're old, they're old folks, they shouldn't have to be dealing with this. <laughs> but it tells us them that I'm gonna give gladness to you. Let me keep reading here. Now it goes to Mary, it says, in the sixth month of angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city in Galilee named Nazareth, a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favoured, the Lord is with thee. This is the Emmanuel is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind, what manner of salutations this should be. She's concerned primarily about what kind of way to greet somebody is this. She believes it's an angel clearly, but she's trying to figure out why is this angel here with me, right? Slightly different to the way as Zacharias' approach was. But let me keep reading. And when he saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this to be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, yes. and of his kingdom there shall be no end. The angel is telling Mary something that is a prof- has been in prophetic movement since the beginning of humanity. He has just visited her. Can you imagine the entire mindset you'd have to have here to receive that message? Like the things we've been going through, the gift to the whole world is about to come through me. And the angel answered, and then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived in a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing yes. shall be impossible. I'm gonna read verse 37 again, cause I need you to get this. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. She asked the question, how am I supposed to be pregnant? And I haven't even been with the man yet. And he answers her question. And he says, look, I've already done something. It's just as miraculous six months ago. <laughs> like this, I have a track record of miracles in your family. <laughs> and Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. What is Mary's response to this completely, what, you know, reasonable, any kind of understanding of how things work. She says, if you said it, that's the way it's gonna be. And the angel leaves. Zacharias was like, this can't be right. But Mary was like, if you say it, it she didn't ask what his name was, where he was standing. (laughs) Didn't ask if he was standing in the presence, she just believed him. And the angel leaves. Look at what happens now. Mary and Elizabeth meet eventually, and Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste, into the city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. So she goes, Mary goes, leaves her own home and goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth who is pregnant with the prophet that we know as John the Baptist, right? And then, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutations of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. So she, he, Elizabeth hears voice of Mary, the babe inside which is John the Baptist, already filled with the Holy Spirit moves And Elizabeth gets the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Just from hearing the voice of the mother of the Christ, the mother of the promise. That's why I say promises are powerful things. Anticipation is a powerful thing. The baby is anticipating the Christ. So Elizabeth has to anticipate the Christ, which means everybody here just from the promise is being blessed. Like Jesus isn't like here, here, he's here, but he's not all the way here. (laughs) And just the promise of him being here. So what am I saying to all that to say this? Promises, anticipation are powerful mechanisms for faith. They can bring in the Holy Spirit. You don't have the Holy Spirit, believe on the Lord Jesus and he will come to you. Hallelujah. She just believes. <laughs> and let me keep reading this out. I've got a few more verses to go. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutations of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Now the Holy Spirit is working through Elizabeth now. And listen to this, what it says. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed. Listen to this, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Mary's blessed because she just believed. And Elizabeth is blessed because she just believed. Look. The thing that is supposed to be performed hasn't come to pass yet. Neither Elizabeth's child has been born, neither has Mary's child been before born. Neither one of them have... And, and to be honest, Elizabeth right now, you've got to say it's, it's, it's what we would call in modern terms a, a birth that may come with some risks, right? An old woman who has, has a child, it's got a, it, nothing is guaranteed. But verse 45 says and blessed is she that believed she said look this has just happened it's been performed for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the lord so why am i saying all this we have anticipated the coming of the lord in his birth and we are now anticipating his return and we're saying lord i know it looks bad i know i'm old i know i'm broke I know I don't have a lot. I know things aren't going well in the earth. I know we're sitting in the middle of a pandemic. Lord, I know we've just got out of three wars, but I still believe. And I know you're still able to perform it. I know you're able to do it. So for me, this moment, this advent of Christmas just reminds me to believe. Even though I cannot see the promise, even though I'm three months away from the promise, even though I'm nine months away from the promise, even though it's still Abraham, even though I'm waiting on Isaac, even though I'm waiting on Jacob, and I'm waiting on Judah, the promise will get here eventually. We've just got to believe. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word.